0: There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Could It Be?
0: An Oak Island podcast.
1: We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. I almost forgot what i usually say at the beginning of the episode
0: well i'm glad uh, i'm glad you rectified that um what is up everybody uh Deidre and dustin here could it be um i don't know if you can tell or not but uh Deidre's voice is a little <laughs> off because she is fairly sick um actually i woke up with a sore throat so thanks that's from you right
1: no or, this did I whole get, or thing did you get it from me originated
0: with david yeah Our son has had this crusty, runny nose. His eyeballs have been crusted over. It's it's been so sad, actually. But our daughter is not feeling good today. So illness is running through the White House.
1: Right. David brought it in, and um,
0: apparently we hung on to it. I guess so. Anywho, we're here to talk about Season 10, Episode 5. Duke it out. Duke it out. Let's duke it out.
1: You like my little
0: hand pump there duke it out yeah uh that's all i got okay
1: <laughs> well, Oh, i just didn't know why i did that and...
0: well because you know put up your dukes you know that's duke. that's what it is right there all right well what what's up everybody uh so glad uh people are rolling into the chat hello to all of our friends i see a whole bunch of them here susan jackie jeff uh uh who else? Can't Dana, Janet, no. Jacqueline. So many, so many uh, of our friends are showing up. I hope you guys come back in a little bit because we are going to do Oak Island trivia. Even though we're not feeling one hundred percent,
1: okay, we can't do it.
0: We just need to get through it, and we're going to get through the uh, recap of the show starting right now. You want to? What do you want to talk about? Which section of Oak Island? Let's
1: start at the money pit. Pit of money.
0: The pit of money.
1: You know, because well, they're throwing money into it in hopes of pulling money out of
0: it yes all right so at the very beginning of the episode then yes we see that rick arrives and has a little chat with paul cote from uh dumas yes and uh much progress had been made in the garden shaft up to that point uh paul told rick that the frame they've set up will be level with the crane pad so that was pretty cool yeah
1: and I saw like a Remember, I think it was last week. I was saying, What's this orange line they have on the rocks? But oh, right. they pull back, and the top of the shaft thing is level with it. And I guess they're going to
0: level it off up hmm. to there with their pad. Right, Anyways, well, that's all. I didn't know that. So well, that's we'll that's look really cool. Here. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Um, they are uh, going to be reinforcing the shaft with 16 inches of concrete around it. There's going to be like a little pad there. Yeah. Uh, Rick tells Paul they're very excited to get the chance um, after more than 10 years uh, to go underground in the money pit. And that's got everybody kind of excited. Well,
1: yeah. And Paul seemed more excitable today.
0: You no, know, he's been there a few days. He's getting into the swing of it.
1: Yeah, he got the you know, I, I hope the hard part done with getting it started. He was saying that they had some, where are they? Six by fours that were missing, and he got it all shored up.
0: Looks good. Yeah. Well, there. Uh, he's he's probably been exposed to the camaraderie of the fellowship, you That's know, and true. that loosens him up a little bit. I mean, when you first met a few of them, were you like, did you shy away, or would you?
1: Well, it depends. Like, I was nervous, of course, because you're, you know, meeting people you've never met but kind of and they're pseudo famous but they're all like pseudo
0: famous i think they're pretty darn famous
1: but then like they come in and they're like hey and i was like oh cool y'all really bring up the energy nicely done so yeah well that makes sense you're always
0: low energy so that's good
1: oh come on
0: you are really low energy today I'm Me too.
1: I'm something. <laughs> I'm a little broken and a little okay, I'm a lot
0: broken and a little sick. A medium sick. You're both. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So More that was money pit. No, that was the 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 um garden shaft yes. run down. But we do have other things happening in the money pit. Yep. Specifically, Terry and Charles supervised the digging of borehole J15.25 by uh, our our uh dudes at choice there we go that's what i I was was signing what was the name of that drilling company (laughs) choice
1: yeah choice sonic drilling they're trying to still chase what they can of another tunnel
0: yeah well craig um also joins the operating table gets the lowdown terry says that the whole um this hole in particular is getting interesting really quick and they're at a depth of 98 feet at that point craig says that if they hit a tunnel and can confirm it's running toward the garden shaft then they might uh that they might then tunnel to it from the garden shaft. And there's a lot writing on this. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, if they think they have found another tunnel or a branch off of it, it makes sense to follow what the projection is and see.
0: You got to find that intersection see what happens. Yep. Uh, Scott Barlow then joins the table or the team at the table joins the table. Okay. And they get the choice sausage on a table on the table um, and, <laughs> And a confirmation that they found wood, and they were possibly in a tunnel. Terry says that that's confirmation because the wood didn't grow there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that kind of made me laugh. And they're at that 98 feet mark. Remember mm. when they kept hitting a tunnel before around 90
0: Well, they, this is actually a little deeper.
1: Yeah, by 8 feet. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's roughly within that range,
0: mm-hmm. right? Ugh. Well... Because Craig goes in and he asks Mike uh, for from Choice for a detailed info on the depth of this particular uh, uh, casing, and it said it was at 107 feet, and uh, it felt open below that. So, so another cavity. Avoid. 98
1: is what they were finishing up with, and then 107 mm-hmm. is what they're looking at. So, he's saying below 107, yeah,
0: empty. Okay. Yeah, because they do 10 feet at a time, right? And yeah. so, they got to 107, and then it is empty, so... That would be nine feet. Uh-huh. And so the other foot is empty. So pretty cool. At least, yeah. That's what it seems. All right. Um, Craig asks if they should uh, leave the casing in, like the, the plastic tube. You know? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: And, uh, or is it metal? I don't remember. They're plastic, aren't they? They're,
1: yeah, yeah they keep, they're like a PVC pipe yeah. that keeps it from collapsing in on yeah.
0: itself. And so they're, I'm um, going to, Basically, keep that in so they could send a sonar down there, like they did with. I don't even remember the name of that borehole. Was that borehole?
1: It was one of the previous L16 or something this year. So, like, basically, what they're doing that they didn't do last year is when they're getting the uh, evidence, the wood or whatever coming up, they're like, pause. We're not going to continue drilling any deeper. Or you can drill and then pull back up, and they wouldn't advance the. Uh, like pvc casing right because you have that and then you have anyways um and then put the sonar down there versus if they continue to go it's gonna be a little hard you put the sonar down in the middle of the pvc pipe is probably just gonna give you some pipe back possibly it could be
0: Anywho, Craig says that they've got a plan now, you know, talking about the uh, sonar, because if if the sonar shows uh, promising, then they're going to throw a camera down there, too. So Mm -hmm. they got plans. Yeah. Um, He wants to take that wood and send it out to be C-14 tested, and they'll do the uh, sonar the next day.
1: They send out C-14, it seems like, for most any time they are hitting wood Mm -hmm. of substantial amounts. Man, that's expensive. because if you think about how many bores they bores they've hit, boreholes they've hit.
0: You mean they've dug? They dig the boreholes.
1: yeah, that that they've dug, but like got wood hit. Oh yeah,
0: you said, <laughs> you mean the uh, whatever, yeah, the wood that's in the ground. yeah, The possible the, the wood that or didn't tunnels. grow there, yeah,
1: right. <laughs> then they send it out for c fourteen, and we're always making fun of like, oh yeah, more wood. But if they're constantly sending that out for C-14 data,
0: oh, man. Wow. Hey, if you just join us in the chat, uh, like, live, um, just know that we're not feeling good. (laughs) And our our, our brains are kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, so I apologize.
0: Yeah. Um, It's mostly her, not me. I'm good. Uh, Anyway, let's go back to the money pit. Okay,
1: money pit. So, (laughs) of course, they go check in on lot 32, but we'll talk about lot 32 after this. Um, and we get back to the money pit, and Paul Troutman is setting up the sonar device with Steve and Scott for their, you know, moral support because Paul's got this.
0: Paul's got this. Mm-hmm.
1: We've heard he's a pretty much a walking genius.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he knows a bit about everything.
0: That's what we hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, they put the they start feeding the line down.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott's feeding the line attached to the sonar device, uh, per Paul's directions. Um, there's bright colors on the sonar display that Steve thinks may be a wall and they think may have a trajectory of a tunnel. Mm. Um, and Steve seems really
0: excited about it and
1: good on him he can map that and give them a line and yeah rick
0: and then rick joins uh-huh. uh joins the party
1: well,
0: yeah. and uh paul shows rick what they have found and rick asks how far away um from where they took the prior sonar data uh-huh. was and uh, steve reported it was about 15 feet and they can project the tunnel to be running north northwest toward the garden shaft so kind of a similar trajectory as the As everything else they found, so that's good. Oh, 15
1: feet away. I'm sorry. I, in my head, was thinking depth. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help at
0: all. Uh, Rick orders for a camera to be put down the hole, so that's what they're going to do the next day. Put down the hole. (laughs) and That's when
1: we see Steve get really excited again.
0: So... Does it really happen the next day or do they have both with them? They're like, okay, this took us, you know, an hour to do the sonar thing. Let's, uh, you know, now put the camera down or do you think it actually happened on consecutive days?
1: It might be that they have like multiple holes that they're gonna do the sonar down, record all that data get the and then you have to get that equipment put away and they're like, okay, the next day we're gonna do several more holes with the camera or whatever. Just because then you don't have to switch back and forth. I don't know though because I don't know how much it takes to set up one of those things. Clearly, Paul can do it by himself, but then you have to like move from place to place. Mm-hmm. I assume the sonars similar,
0: but yeah. All right, so uh, then we go to the money pit again because the next day they are there with the camera.
1: Correct, window. So,
0: Steve. um, You know, and Scott and Rick are also with Paul once again, and Mm -hmm. they're set to put a camera down borehole, (laughs) J15-0.25.
1: Why is there Uh, sometimes a dash after the letter, and sometimes not? It really bothers me. Why don't you ask Steve? He won't tell me anything. Well, maybe he will. He'll be like, because that day I felt like using dashes, and the other days I didn't. Mm. Or I just knew it would annoy you, so that's possible
0: sounds about right <laughs> he likes to pick on you yep you like the little sister he uh, maybe doesn't have <laughs> little sister maybe. we're
1: like almost the same age <laughs> he's your age
0: yeah see he, i have a little sister your age so Oh, so well, that's i guess what. that's
1: i'm used my siblings are much older than me so
0: mm. I, I literally I have was, a sister born the same year as you that's true She's like nine months older than you, but, you know. It's still the same year. Yep. All right. Where are we at?
1: Uh, We're still at the Money Pit and J15.25. Yes. So
0: Scott and Steve, they, they tag team back yeah. again.
1: Tag team back again.
0: Uh, the equipment to get the camera down to the depth required. Uh-huh. Um. So they, earlier they said 107 feet, but uh-huh. here I have written, uh, the camera pops out of, in the tunnel at around 103 feet.
1: So, it could be, I don't know. Because if they pull the, maybe they pulled the casing back.
0: Yeah, don't know. Uh, But looking at the video, Rick says, if you didn't know you were in a tunnel, you'd think you were on the seafloor. And the guy's all like, yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I and I just don't think that's the instance here
0: Mm-mm. but
1: there is water down there
0: yeah for sure all right so steve spotted a, a bit of broken wood and he got real excited and he's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. check this out guys yes yeah, so he got very <laughs> excited so if he if he spotted it first is that like uh steve steve's... steve's broken wood <laughs> 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 is it whoever spots on the first of the finder
1: he's like they're the identifier right like they're the person who it belongs to so <laughs> i'm sure that's what the little ziploc bag says
0: <laughs> if they were to pull up that piece it'd be they'd label it steve's broken wood <laughs> okay. or is it, it broken? okay how about broken beam is that better
1: uh bb <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Right. Carry on. <clears throat> yep. All right, so he spotted that wood. Uh, Scott lowered the camera a little bit more. They marvel at the uh, possibility of the broken beam and post that they had just spotted and what could be an opening to a tunnel.
1: Yeah, they, is that... This is the one where they saw the 45-degree angle cut, mm-hmm. which isn't from sonar, clearly. I mean, that's a circle. And I remember Steve like trying to explain to them what he is seeing. I'm like, they're looking at the same screen. Mm -hmm. Together we can identify this as a tunnel.
0: They describe it more like in depth Mm -hmm. for the camera that's you know because they they know they're on a tv show like it's not a tv show that's like oh this is scripted and fake it's like oh but we need to let the viewers know what's happening
1: well because we're not there every day right so you know they gotta kind of tee it up and give us a narrative
0: and the full picture that's absolutely right all right so rick says that uh this is um a 10 as far as inspiration goes for the team as they'll move forward to the garden shaft and they can't relinquish the opportunities that might this might present to them. Uh, when he sees these pictures, it inspires him to move forward. This is very important and they should do everything they can to exploit it and glean as much info as they can from it.
1: I agree, Rick. And it's funny because just reading this, you wouldn't have even had to say Rick says because... Based off of the words used, I know it's Rick.
0: It is Rick. Mm -hmm. So what what else is said? He
1: says, always move forward, sempre avanti. There you go. And all the guys give him a big smile and are like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they hear it all day from Rick, right?
0: Probably. (laughs) Yeah, but that's kind of all that they did at the Money Pit, which was a lot. So. It was a
1: lot. It was money pit heavy this episode, I would say.
0: Well done, guys. That was fun. Um, hey, next time you uh, talk to Scott I'll give him a shout out. Say, hey, good job on that money pit stuff. Because I will. It, it, it was entertaining to watch.
1: I will. I'll tell him, good job lowering that camera down. <laughs> uh, I'll send him a message today and he'll be like, okay, weirdo. He
0: was,
1: then he'll probably think, I guess that's what I was doing on the show because like none of them watched the show. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. Well, they, I get it. They
0: live the show. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Lot thirty two. Do lot you wanna go 32. there? I wanna of talk about the Jack and Gary attack? Gary and Jack attack. How about? Emma
1: and Helen and oh. So anyways, Marty yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: is with you know the archaeology team. Laird, Emma and Helen on lot thirty two.
0: They're doing the whole big grid test pit thing, right?
1: Yeah and we know that
0: that was like was that lot 30.
1: no lot 30 was
0: the one oh they went back to 32 because of what they had found so many things yeah
1: Yeah. um lot 32 is the kind of oddly shaped one right by the swamp and by the water and they're thinking that there was a pier or an encampment or something there they're pulling out these artifacts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is interesting because Remember when they, of course you remember, dug up Smith's Cove? And they found, like, nothing. As far as artifacts go, not, like, metal artifacts. Of course, they found, like, a lot of wood structures and stuff that were confirmed before.
0: Yeah, not many. Very little. And which
1: kind of perplexed Laird and Gary. Yeah. And now they're going to a place where there is potentially another wharf, and they have found stuff year after year it's just it's kind of an interesting comparison because smith's cove was like right in your face and lot 32 not so much but it could end up being an even bigger deal
0: yeah like smith's and smith's cove is like eastward facing you know Mm -hmm. so it's like literally pointing more toward the ocean it would make sense if anyone's going to unload things it could just be right there you know Mm -hmm. and they would be dropping all sorts of stuff in the water because people are clumsy
1: Yeah, but also right there is, um, like, you're exposed to the ocean. So maybe it would be good for just particular things versus coming around on Lot 32, maybe being more hidden from other ships that are coming in or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a sea captain or a pirate or... Tony Sampson.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Not any of those? No. Hmm. And my crystal ball's broken, so I can't look back in time. Okay. Anywho.
0: Is that what crystal balls are for?
1: They're for all kinds of things.
0: Hmm. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, the archaeology team was there doing their thing. And, yes. Um, uh, and, I just, and I just thought to myself watching that, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did they find some more pottery? And they, this whole area is, like, taped off for, like, a year.
1: It is concerning, but I mean, Laird does hold permits for these different areas with various specific guidelines, but it has allowed them
0: to continue work again i know but like the last episode helen was like in a test pit with rick Mm -hmm. and they're digging i think this was on lot 30 but he was like what's better to find glass or pottery and she's like pottery and i'm thinking to myself oh she just wants to get out of doing this she wants to go back into the lab and do uh work there no
1: (laughs) she's saying it's gonna give them better data but they haven't pulled any pottery out of 32 Thank it's, goodness. <laughs> it's been all metal yeah. stuff so it's like gary's playground and speaking of gary and jack are also there and they're not in this little area that laird and company are working um marty asks if there's been any illumination on what went on in this area and laird tells him that there's unrecorded activity also a good thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is one of the positive things, which could point to more unrecorded at, earlier earlier activity somewhere else on the lot. So it was a hot spot. Mm-hmm. And as they get down deeper, I mean, because, you know, we already pulled off the backfill and they're already in there. The deeper we get, the more likely it's going to be older stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So
1: gotta dig down to uh the year they're looking
0: for <laughs> yeah gary says there's a lot more to uh lot 32 mm-hmm. uh than they know considering what they found all dates to the you know mid 1700s yeah so that's the time period that they're really focused on right now in the story too uh-huh. basically uh Larry says they've got to know why that uh they were there and there's a lot left to learn I can. Spoken, spoken like a true archaeologist.
1: Spoken like a true archaeologist. Uh, Marty jokes about every time they dig, they find something. Yeah, uh, that's good. It's better than finding nothing.
0: You know what, Marty? That's no joke though, because it's legit.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, fellowship of the dig. Mm-hmm. Dig, find dig, stuff dig, dig, dig. like. I mean, that's kind of the goal. Yep. Okay. More about Lot Thirty Two.
0: Yeah. Just um kind of a quick segment that they had with Jack and Gary doing mm-hmm. some metal detecting and getting their targets and trying to identify them. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Um, Gary pulls up one of the finds after Jack's done digging and suggests that you know maybe it's part of a barrel hoop, right? Uh, Gary hopes that Carmen Leigh can help shed some light on this artifact. He also thought, you know, because of its size and how it was bent
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was pretty sturdy that it could be a tool
0: well that was the next thing they found i thought it was this one no go to the next lot 32
1: okay so
0: scratch let's try out, that reverse that it rewind flip uh, it
1: and reverse it
0: put that onto the next <laughs> section here <laughs> all right so they're metal detecting again and they get because they the, what they found was it uh they thought could be like a small uh, oh, band that's... of a barrel the first time yes So the second time, they found um, a strange-looking piece of, like, it looks like metal that's bent Mm -hmm. in a a right angle, basically. Um, Gary speculates it could be some kind of small chopping tool. Mm -hmm. A scythe?
1: Yes, I was like, I don't even remember what it's called. I wanted to say a lathe, but that is not at all a
0: lathe. Or a sickle? Or a scythe? Mm -hmm. It's like the old-fashioned lawnmower. Can you imagine cutting your uh, lawn with a scythe?
1: No, but I have cut it with, like, the manual mower that, like, just spins. Let me tell you, unless it's sharp, even if it is sharp, that's that's one workout.
0: <laughs> imagine it all being Deidre Horsepower with with uh, swipes of a scythe.
1: Man, I'd be so buff.
0: <laughs> Those guys are buff. Mm-hmm. I mean, go like Amish country. I bet all those people are buff. That's the stuff they still use to this day.
1: Well, but those, they that could be used for cutting cabbages off the ground, right? So, cabbage awesome. when you grow it and it grows in these heads, it's super easy. And it is something I was thinking about the other day with cabbage farming. Is you could probably grow cabbage in very difficult rocky soil because things like. Uh, Like the roots, these lettuce type of vegetables have really shallow roots. So in theory, you could just like throw them out and land that would typically be unusable. What seeds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No random cabbages. My bad. Cabbage on the floor,
0: and then say fingers crossed.
1: And then you could just like pop them up with your little (laughs) scythe or whatever.
0: That's all. Mm. All right. (laughs) Well, Clawworthy went into a, a small explanation of scythes, and uh, he didn't say anything about cabbage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I... Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Does Maybe I need some uh, sauerkraut.
0: Does it hurt to laugh?
1: Everything hurts. Mm, okay, I'm broken.
0: I know. Uh, Gary says that this is the kind of thing that would be carried on a boat... And anytime you see a square in a tool like what you're looking at, it, it that means it's pre-1800s as far as a date goes. So, well, pre-1800s could be, is
1: good. Could be
0: significant. hmm I mean, if you were to show this to Marty in season one, he had been like, oh, my gosh, someone was here before. Uh, uh, the, yeah. You know, he was, his one thing was making sure that there was uh, some kind of thing there before 1795.
1: And you know what? That's <laughs> It's messed up that he keeps changing. Like what'll make him believe or whatever he he's bold. like it's got to go back further or well if we could have this i'm like marty
0: can i quote you for a second he thinks he, he thinks there's an offset chamber okay
1: hey, oh he's all about the offset he's chamber.
0: all in all okay. right so oak island uh research center
1: yes which is when carmen leg joins right? good old
0: carmen leg yep
1: Thank you, Carmen, for coming to give your
0: expert advice. Yeah, Carmen is welcomed into the Research Center by Craig, Rick, and Jack to mm-hmm. give opinions on the metal artifacts found on Lot 32 by Gary and Jack. So, booyah, booyah. Oh, gosh. And Carmen says what they, um, that what they thought might be a scythe actually is a strap for probably a very large barrel for cargo like that's what you're talking about yeah like literally 200 gallons i mean that's got to be flipping huge
1: well and think about okay if it's that big Mm -hmm. then the strap around it is going to be much more hardy (laughs) than what you would see on a smaller barrel that's carrying spices or whatever so i could see why if it was bent and that more sturdy why gary would see it as a tool versus Mm. something for
0: that big of a whatever i didn't think about it that way but that's a good point
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You made a really good point. I, well done.
1: I did. Even while sick of the, which is incredible. That was good. 200 gallons.
0: Huge. Yeah. No, he said. Like, I'm trying he said to, it's to not,
1: picture it.
0: Okay. So he said like it would have been for wet goods. Mm-hmm. So like mead or whiskey or.
1: It'd be a lot of it.
0: Maybe water. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean. Gotta have fresh water. Can you imagine like rolling that off the ship? and it's like slash slash slash
0: <laughs> yeah they didn't even have like hand trucks back then no you know?
1: i mean they clearly had some type of system for transporting if the egyptians could uh you know bring in stone then... yeah, yeah
0: they knew how to use cr- but still and stuff, sure. but...
1: it almost feels like it's unproductive to make it that big unless you're Doing something there, Mm -hmm. right? And it's staying in the same place. So maybe it came in empty, perhaps, or built there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And this whole thing's just like a rum running uh, (laughs) mission.
0: Well, Craig did ask, he's like, he asked Carmen, like, 200 gallons of whiskey? And Carmen says, well, you got to keep the morale up somehow. Good call i feel like um, if like... they built
1: it there it's something that they're gonna ferment and mm-hmm. say. you're not gonna be willing that 200
0: pound thing without the 200. 200 pounds gallon that's like what how, how much is a gallon like five six well, seven pounds
1: i don't know how much is our gallon
0: of milk yeah so it's okay a gallon is what 128 Depending. ounces mm-hmm. and so uh 16 ounces per uh i i got nothing let's see i can do it in my head real quick Hold on. four i don't know it's like five or six pounds okay times 200 mm-hmm. and that depends on what the liquid is in there. not all liquids weigh the same and they're probably right? not filling it up to the brim either well maybe they are for easy transport i don't know maybe uh, they don't want it to slosh around
1: maybe it's not getting transported at all and it's staying in the distillery and <laughs> what we're gonna find is an oh, ancient mug and anchor
0: that's what the pine and kill was for <laughs> you know what maybe okay. for making
1: those straps
0: Cal- <laughs> hey you know what let's calm down i, think- I don't
1: think it's that far of a stretch i do
0: all right let's move on what else did carmen lake have to say anything i don't know he looked at the second artifact or no, sorry. Jack asks if an average person would have a barrel this big. Carmen's <laughs> like, Nope,
1: like military, uh, dated to 1740, 1760. What if they had a really big one they cut in half to make a hot tub? <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of Templars uh, laying around.
0: No, okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> 1740 to 1760 wasn't Templar time okay plus (laughs) plus that's right in the the Duke Don V time period Uh that we're gonna be talking about here in in a moment all right so Rick says that Carmen breathes life into these artifacts that seem lifeless and that was I thought that was a kind of a fun statement that's true. And uh, Craig says that they always appreciate his assistance. And Carmen says that he had a barrel of fun. <laughs> oh, I Carmen. Like Carmen! Carmen he, leg.
1: He gets those little jokes in there, and the way he says them, mm-hmm. like, is serious. So it takes you a second to compute really what's
0: happening. But um, mm-hmm. good job, Carmen leg. And he
1: does have really great insight because he's able to say from his experience right yeah and put it into more context if you will versus just sending it out for whatever type of testing for the metal but carmen instantly is like yeah no
0: this is a tool or
1: whatever Mm -hmm. so i appreciate the context that he gives
0: yeah fun all right war room it's time
1: for uh, our friend
0: to show up in the war room.
1: yeah,
0: Digitally. And that was, uh, it's pretty exciting. So he zoomed
1: on in, if you will, he did.
0: So in the war room, we had Rick, Marty, Craig, Paul, Doug, Scott, and Billy. Yes. Um, they welcomed via video conference, uh, Corey mall, uh-huh. our friend. Deidre like close personal friend that has dinner with her and stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. Or at least once. Uh, and Charlotte Wheatley. I think that's Corian Mall's friend. They're researchers together. Yeah. And uh, Rick introduced them as the research team from France.
1: And I was like, wait, what?
0: Well, we had the research team from England last, you know, a couple weeks ago.
1: I know. They have research teams all over the place. And I was just confused because Corian doesn't live in France. He's from
0: the Netherlands. Yeah, but it's all all right there. They're all next to each other.
1: That's still a bit of a drive to go search the archives. I guess. But I, mean, I guess if Charlotte's there and she's like, you know, and they were—I don't know
0: where she's from, but like I don't know—it's like asking. You, okay, what if what if they were like, hey, Deidre, you're the Pacific Northwest uh, mm-hmm. um, researcher. Yeah. We need some documents from Idaho. You gonna drive to Idaho and find it for Rick and Marty? Of course, I can. Well, then they're gonna do it too. Okay, like the the European Europe is like a bunch of you know it's like the united states like just their countries but they're like you know not huge like most of the states here
1: but it's a different country not just like another state like because that means you know what you have to do to go to a different country you're gonna have to do even if your countries are closer together like canada's our neighbor
0: Mm -hmm. but it's Yeah, but these are all part of the European Union, too. And I think they treat that more as a whole. I don't think, like, I don't know. I've never been there. But I think you can go between them, like, way easy, like states. Uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe we should ask someone from there. I
0: think you can. Or it's close. All right.
1: Pertnere?
0: (laughs) near. All right, so they're there. Carry on. They're there to uh, give a presentation about, um, concerning Duke D'Anvil. Mm-hmm. And, um what he may or may not have done uh, Mm -hmm. concerning research a small island in the north atlantic
1: people have been searching for an incredible treasure
0: for more than 200 years yeah yeah all right so corian he begins the presentation with this question could we find any relation between oak island and perhaps mahon bay and the 1746 expedition of the French Armada led by Duke d'Anville.
1: That's a good question. Corian explains why <clears> the Duke <throat> d'Anville led the expedition, and that's because the fortress of Louisbourg had fallen into the hands of the British in 1745, and the French weren't very good losers. So they made plans to take it back. Um, yeah, that fortress changed hands a few times.
0: Yeah, right? So there was a flashback at that point to a famous, uh, the famous flashback of Doug reading the ship's log mm-hmm. with uh, possible treasure buried a deep pit to mm-hmm. hide the treasure on the seashore, you know that kind of yep, deal.
1: And the list of goods that were on there, yeah,
0: yeah. pretty uh, pretty awesome stuff. Um, I guess Corian didn't find that ship log though. What do you mean? If he would have found it, like all the pages, yeah, because then Doug only have a few pages and it just stopped.
1: Maybe that's all we saw. I'm now. I am not sure.
0: We need to go back and watch other. Yeah,
1: season five. Yeah, find
0: it. Well, yeah. Um. Anywho, uh, let's see. Corian, wait. (coughs) Sorry, if you're just joining us again, we're sick. So we're we're my our minds are not all here. Just be just be real. Not that
1: they ever.
0: But we are are. playing Okaan trivia here in a little bit too. So yeah.
1: Uh, let's. I just had it. So Corian explains that. Uh, the King Louis the eighth.
0: Fifteenth.
1: Fifteenth. The
0: eighth. That's a V. Sorry. I put Roman numerals in the notes and they I, can,
1: I swear I can read Roman numerals, but that did not go well. Okay. So two, two ships.
0: Next time I'm gonna write out the fifteenth.
1: No, like. I'm not gonna be sick. Okay. Uh how do you say that?
0: Leora yes. Le- leora
1: and Lee Castor
0: mm-hmm. uh, to
1: depart in March 1746 to a certain destination that literally a- said that right? no yeah that doesn't appear anywhere else in the document so he's being a little
0: cryptic in mm. his logs yeah well yeah and uh, the destination requires an increase in the standard size crew too. So it's not just—I uh, don't know what the standard size crew is. I guess I should look that up. Mm-hmm. But the—the um, uh, the, I guess the flagship, the Leora, mm-hmm. uh, increased up to 250 men, and the Castor had 180. So that's a—that's a—that's a sizable force. And I know we—we're not talking about it yet. Mm-hmm. But if those—if that many people uh, ended up on Oak Island and started just digging, or they can accomplish like- a lot
1: whatever works especially if they're like a military type force and we've talked about this um previous seasons like it would have taken a lot of people to do
0: the amount of work that's been found well this is over 400 so that's like a sizable
1: quite a few that's a lot of people it's bigger than the size of the crew they have everybody included filming and everything they're on the island now these would have all been workers
0: well, and like you know, I keep, I I don't know anything about um, French Armada, mm-hmm. French doing anything, or how they treated the natives, but mm-hmm. they could have taken the natives too and said, hey, yeah, get digging true. with us, you know.
1: They could have done a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, or they could have just been peaceful with them, say, hey, don't look at us, we're digging holes here, right? Go no away. <laughs>
1: Uh, so both of the ships arrived on the Acadian coast on uh, June 4th, 1746, near Mahone Bay.
0: It doesn't say that in the documentation. I think he added the near the Mahone Bay part because that's what they want it to be.
1: Well, the Acadian coast, I mean, right, it that comes down into Maine and a bit further south and all up there mm-hmm. now
0: mm-hmm. is what we think of it as. Mm-hmm.
1: So... That's still a big area.
0: Yep, it could have been anywhere. it Didn't have to be Mahone Bay as well. Yeah, but maybe he has reason to believe it was Mahone Bay. Mm-hmm. Marty asked Corian, uh, according to documents, what did the men on the two ships accomplish? And this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Corian replied, uh, according to records, nothing. <laughs>
1: they all just maybe they all hung around and drank rum from the really large barrels
0: oh my gosh that's so funny because like It's literally 400 guys out there. They make it there.
1: (laughs) The biggest bachelor party ever.
0: Oh, my gosh. We're going
1: to go overseas and do nothing.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Something.
1: This is where Corian takes off his researcher cap (laughs) and puts on his theorist (laughs) cap. He put imaginary ones on, but I want to see what each of them look like. Yeah.
0: Uh, One of them is probably, what what are those little golf hats called? Are those called golf hats?
1: I don't know. You no, know, they
0: don't have a like, bill. They just fit around the back of your head. Because oh. I think I've seen Corian wear one of those.
1: Oh,
0: <clears throat> usually you'd wear one for, I don't remember what it's
1: called. I was going to say a beret, but no, I feel like if he's beret. on the French team.
0: <laughs> he should be wearing beret, shouldn't he? He takes off his golf hat and puts on his beret. <laughs> his
1: raspberry beret.
0: <laughs> you know, So he takes off his researcher hat, that's the beret, and he puts on his uh, uh, um, theorist cap, and that's like a... Uh, uh freemason uh cross or something right it's just like, a templar
1: cross yeah yeah
0: like uh it's uh one of charles barkhouse's hats you borrowed from
1: charles's hats <laughs> but, i <laughs> feel like we should send him a beret
0: okay so i'm not saying that charles is a theorist because he's not he's like a he's researcher a, a historian. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's funny. legit i'm just saying it's just yeah
1: maybe corian actually has <sighs> A
0: Templar hat already. Well, what if he put on like a helmet, like a Templar helmet?
1: <laughs> so, has so got a uh, helmet for while he's on the island. They yeah. afraid he's gonna run into a tree or something.
0: Heck, I don't know. And so it'd be funny. So yeah, he takes <laughs> off one hat, <laughs> put, on put on a the other.
1: on his helmet.
0: Yeah. And so he says after he puts on his theorist cap, he says it was possible that they were sent to check on Oak Island. And to check on a location where they later created the money pit. Because that's the time period. Per his theorist. Theory. Mm -hmm. Yes. Marty says that's that's thought provoking. So, but I mean, I like it too, Corian.
1: According to the records,
0: nothing. (laughs) That is the best. Literally, that's the best.
1: It is. And he does say that they were, you know, known to be like, and still are the really good record keepers.
0: Oh yeah. Yep, yeah, that's in the notes too. So you're jumping ahead now. Thanks. Sorry, my bad. Keep <laughs> no, going. Right. Corian says that they have documents from a man called Oh my gosh, do you know how to pronounce this? Did you did you catch it? What was Where the cat- is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys tell we're not feeling good?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see. Our me. eyes
0: are blurry. You know, we're just, yeah, over here giggling over dumb Okay. So, all right duvenu oh. duvenu
1: no yeah um call that guy
0: duvenu and he commanded both the leora and the Le, Le scott chimed in and asked uh if these ships would be the ship logs and corian says that's exactly right
1: okay Got it. So yeah. he, he's just asking if these documents that they're talking about are the ship's logs like they got from, Yeah. Okay. Got it. And so, Charlotte says... Yeah, Charlotte. Um, it's like a partial diary. Mm-hmm. There is a part where the captain is the Laura
0: <laughs>
1: of, of the L ship is in a bay. He doesn't want anyone to tell anybody elsewhere it is that's what's what
0: that's what is written uh-huh. and that is what is strange behavior yeah
1: so <laughs> I'm sorry but whatever he wrote he's being very cryptic right yes. Yes. and so you have to keep your your ship's log should be very detailed but it sounds very subjective
0: Yeah now you could go on and read the uh, the part you jumped to earlier oh upon.
1: Corian says that when you read Devenu, Devenu's logs,
0: <laughs>
1: they're because they have holes in them yeah. and they get bigger and bigger. And after another gap in the journal, the ships sail home to France and Charlotte added, and oh, the, okay. At the end. So the ships sail home to France. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Charlotte adds that they were there for two months. A long time to do nothing. So you send like 400 men. To do nothing. To do nothing for two months. Like I said, either it's like the first record of the biggest bachelor party ever and they just did nothing and hung out and
0: whatever isn't or it? or isn't it obvious it's they did it off the books
1: they did it off the books but why not just make up a different set of words for it like in the military right you would code whatever your mission is to be known as something else same thing
0: okay well they didn't want if this fell into enemy hands they didn't want to say oh we dug a giant pit and, and stored the ark of the covenant down there
1: Yeah, but they, they could have used a different code word for the Ark of the Covenant and like, or even just for where they went, you know, on Black Hawk mission 42, we did such and such at Treasure Island.
0: Okay, that's, that's like alarm bells. Treasure Island, I'm going there. Okay, I just, I couldn't think of
1: anything. Okay. but all right. that's all, especially for people that supposedly keep such good records.
0: Yep. All right. What's next? I do know.
1: Upon return to France, the captains turned in their journals, because that's what you do, mm-hmm. because the French were and still are meticulous record keepers. There you go. There we go. And the commander... Yep, that one. Noted in a letter supplied with his journal that says, I will not speak to anyone about this place.
0: That was in quotes. And so is this.
1: But I am obliged to dot, 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 send my journal of navigation. Mm. And Corian says, this is quite intriguing, and he must admit.
0: What? It's quite intriguing, he must admit. Oh. (laughs) Yes, it is quite intriguing,
1: (sighs) though. Like you you (sighs) put that in there. We're going off the rails. I'm obliged to turn in this journal. So you have your homework journal that you're going to turn in to your teacher. You're like, I have to turn it in. But all I did was write squiggly notes because they just said there had to be something in my journal, but you didn't actually write anything productive. Yeah. That's what I get here. Um, like a teenager getting around doing their homework.
0: I didn't get that at all, but that's cool. Or
1: they were keeping secrets. That's
0: all. All right. so Rick gained from this meeting uh, that the king ordered them to conduct a secret mission and he, and yet he reports none of it. Neither success nor failure. I am just going to not speak of this place. (laughs) So he did do something And uh, Corian says, exactly. That's the conclusion. What did they and what did they do? So So he was back in his researcher cap
1: and (laughs) saying apparently they did nothing for the
0: records. Doug says this is so interesting right now because uh, the carbon and dendro dating they've been getting is for that time period, you know, the mid 1700s. It's like alarm bells, ding, ding, ding. Uh, Marty says that he enjoyed this presentation a lot. Rick says, absolutely. And it's a wonderful story. And he urges them to continue the investigation. And he thanks them for the incredible afternoon.
1: It is really interesting when they're being so... I don't... Cryptic is not the word I'm looking for.
0: Who's being cryptic?
1: Uh, the people that wrote the logs. They're like, I'll never speak of this place. The captain and... the
0: commander that you can't yeah. pronounce his name?
1: Yeah. Um... But I don't know. I find it very interesting, but I don't know how f- much further in research you could go and be able to find these answers because they're not going to speak of this place. But what's the saying? Two can keep a secret if the other is dead. Wow. It's true, right?
0: <laughs> that's what Forrest Fenn used to always say.
1: Well, lots of people <laughs> say that's a common saying so if one of them maybe one of them did leak somewhere but you know over the years if it's all just verbal it
0: changes mm. it's kind of like that game
1: of telephone
0: mm. that all is right all. so that was the end of the episode yes and it was uh it was a fun one i was really happy to see Corey and moll and mm-hmm. it was nice to uh, meet charlotte Uh, his partner, Charlotte Wheatley. Yeah,
1: she was very well spoken. I I liked the information, um, the parts that she was able to deliver. So I hope we get to see more from her.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so next time on the Curse of Oak Island.
1: A big crane comes across the causeway and Rick can be heard saying, it's an exciting day because they're going to dig the garden shaft.
0: Yeah, if you saw the image of uh like that I put on Facebook earlier from him like Rick's face being all yeah crazy. That was that was uh, when he, he was excited right there from the preview for next week. So you'll get to see that face next week on the Curse of Oak Island.
1: Right. <clears throat> and I thought it was like a cartoon animation or something where you were like messing with the face because no. he looks so excited. It's
0: literally just Rick's face.
1: That's just rick's face i get it
0: terry says that they've got a tunnel that points directly to the garden shaft
1: it looked a little off <laughs> to be fair
0: okay and i never mind. i will not yeah. go into it <laughs> gary and jack find a metal object while metal detecting and jack says wow what the heck is that
1: yeah and the picture they show it's like um it's kind of green in color so yeah. it could have been copper bronze
0: yeah like Statue of Liberty yeah. yeah
1: and but it they also talk about maybe it was a religious artifact well oh, that's, that's towards the, the end oh my gosh, while discussing spo- an artifact everything. named someone named Ed <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's true
1: like uh, could be heard say it <laughs> does have some iconography and could be some sort of religious artifact but yeah
0: It literally is. It does look
1: like that. Okay,
0: but it's literally somebody named Ed because we don't know who he is. And it said it on the closed caption. It said, Ed says this, you know? So I knew it was Ed.
1: (laughs) So you... You uh, sneakily went in there to figure out his name. No,
0: I just I watch it with this closed caption on all the time, and it I'm said I'm just Ed. saying,
1: if you don't listen, watch it with the closed caption. You wouldn't know it was Ed that said that.
0: I'm one of the few people on the planet right now that realizes that guy's name is Ed. Now all of you have been uh, blessed with that information, I guess.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and the lab laird is analyzing a CT scan of an object, and he says something i've never seen before mm. Rick rick says it's such a wow thing emma says there's no way it's modern well laird's never seen something like that before and he's seen a lot of things if it gets him excited then i'm excited
0: of course he is the most famous archaeologist in the world so he is I saw a post on Facebook where somebody else was claiming to be the world's most famous archaeologist. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, "Bro, you're not on a TV show that like five to ten million people watch every single flipping week around the world, dude. But you're famous, yes, in
1: archaeology circles. Sure, but if you just took the famous, it's
0: like... All right, so I don't, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but Doctor, um, I do not. Remember. He's
1: the Egyptian,
0: the Egyptianologist or Egypt, Egyptologist, Egyptologist and archaeologist. He's like, he is famous. I've, I've, I've seen him on things since oh, I yeah. was a child, basically.
1: Yeah. He's a big deal,
0: but he doesn't have a TV show with like millions of people watching him every single week. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: He used to be the most famous. Uh-huh. And then like Josh Gates, who has a degree in archaeology, he maybe not, not necessarily, archaeologist. maybe not necessarily an archaeologist, but he has a degree in archaeology. Yes. I would say he is really famous, but mm-hmm. I think Laird's even more famous than Josh Gates. Sorry, Josh. Josh, you have a lot of shows. Laird has more people to watch him every week.
1: Josh isn't actually an archaeologist. He has a that's degree true. in archaeology.
0: Yes. That is all. Yeah. But uh, we still heart you anyway, Josh. Of course. All right. So um, I think that's it. You know, your voice got a lot stronger throughout Yay. the uh, podcast. Like at the beginning, you were like not quite a squeaky I, little mouse, I but. I warm up. You got there. My voice has been kind of good. Like, I woke up with a sore throat and I, you know, coughed up some yuck. But, like, I feel I, don't think they hear that. I feel like better right now. Well,
1: that's it good doesn't hurt so trivia. bad to, take a,
0: to swallow. Yeah. We have trivia here in a little bit. So um, don't go away. Well, don't go away quite yet from this either. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a, a Oak Island trivia at 3 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. uh, 6 p.m. Eastern today, which is Monday. And that's every other week. So we won't have trivia next week, but we will the following week. This week's Oak Island Trivia is for Season 10, Episode 4, and Episode 5 of Mm -hmm. The Curse of Oak Island. Um, I would like you to pick uh, between the number 1 and 10. Actually, from the number 11 to 20, because these would be questions 11 through 20 on Oak Island Trivia for later today. And I will read it out and the possible answers so that people – Um, can either go back and look for it or just have you know it won't surprise them so much when um, we play oak island trivia later it's like it's you get a little advantage here it's a leg up so which number between 11 and 20 it's you it's and um, number 15 15 okay so the number 15 so this would be 11 12 13 14 15 all right you ready
1: Uh, as ready as i'm getting
0: all right, so question 15 is, according to the exact narration of Robert Clawworthy, between what centuries was it common for scythes to be used as tools on sailing vessels? Is it, one, 15th and 17th centuries? Two, 14th and 17th centuries? Three, 15th and 18th centuries? Or is it four, 14th and 18th centuries? Exactly what... And so, like, some of these overlap, and that's why I said exact narration yeah
1: as per the exact narration
0: you need to know you have to have it exactly as Clotworthy would have said it so go back to episode five watch the uh, portion with uh talking about the scythe or the possible scythe which turned out to be a barrel <laughs> right. uh, piece
1: a very strong barrel piece yeah
0: and go back and watch that and then you will know what the answer is so that's it yeah so well done to those that do that if you don't just show up later and take a guess it's all good yep and uh who's in the lead right now for the points do you remember um that's your job yeah i know okay i know who it is i don't know well it's godzilla himself jeff
1: sir jeff yeah
0: so jeff is in the lead right now for the golden gnome
1: Mm -hmm. i don't
0: know if anybody's seen the golden gnome yet has anybody seen it yet nope 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 nobody's seen it yet so um but the Golden Gnome, the Silver Gnome, and the Bronze Gnome are still up for grabs. If Jeff misses out on a week, guess what? You can overtake him. So come and join us for Oak Island Trivia on Facebook.com slash Oak Island Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we'll do that at 3 o'clock today. Um, well,
1: and we're not saying how many points
0: apart. Yeah, we want – Oh, I mean, we can. If they really want it, I could give them the points breakdown. But, like, I'm just saying Jeff's in the lead right now. Mm-hmm. Go catch up with Jeff. <laughs> That's
1: it. Yes. And it's early in the season.
0: Yeah, there's still probably another at least ten Oak Island trivias coming mm-hmm. uh, every other week. So true. All right. Uh, or true maybe that. nine or ten. All right. Is there anything else we need to do? I don't think so. We want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you so much to Susan for giving us all of our giving out all of our links on uh, the uh, chat here. So email oak at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash oak island podcast. Uh, youtube.com slash oak island podcast instagram at oak island podcast just like twitter yep wow or that's well
1: twitter's oak island pod and island youtube pod.
0: is oak island podcast yeah and if you want to uh support us you can go find us on patreon.com slash oak island podcast yeah and i think that's it
1: yes so until next time
0: well i guess could it be and let's let's not be sick next time
1: okay i'll try my best all right bye bye